I think we've heard this story before, haven't we? Jesus goes to Mary and Martha's house for dinner. Jesus sits at the, at the table, reclines at the table. Mary falls at his feet. Martha does all the work. I think we know this story, don't we? we we've heard this one before. John says, they gave a dinner for Jesus. If you had read the chapter before, chapter 11, you would have seen that, um, that Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead, their brother. So we have the home of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, and everyone's there. I'm guessing this was the funeral dinner. This was the fried chicken and mashed potatoes and, and potato salad that they were going to eat after the funeral. Only the corpse is now sitting at the table eating with them, alive and well, and, and everybody's a bit confused and bewildered. But perhaps you caught the little line. I mentioned it just a moment ago. John says, they were reclining at the table, and Martha served them. Yes, Martha served them, as she does. Um, and it almost goes unnoticed, doesn't it? Unless, of course, you're a Martha. Any Marthas in here this morning with us? Perhaps a one or two. Oh, I might be a little bit of a Martha, somebody says. Yeah, a few of you are owning up to it. We'll have confession later. Uh, yeah, you, uh, uh, Martha's here, and... And, and she notices that line, doesn't she? And Martha served them. Well, of course she did. The lamb wasn't going to go out and kill itself and roast itself over the fire, was it? The wine wasn't going to jump out of the skins into the glasses and serve itself. Someone had to serve. And then you have Mary. Mystical, spiritual, Head in her clouds, Mary. Head in the clouds, not in her clouds. Head in the clouds, Mary. And she's all caught up in the moment. Sure, she's religious and mystical and spiritual, but she's not one bit practical. She's not one bit of good at this dinner party. She's not helping out anybody. She's just caught up in, in hanging out at the feet of Jesus. Like a silly girl. And that's the thing about it, isn't it? Mary is being a silly girl. She's acting impulsively without any concern for anyone else. She's, she's just caught up in, in the moment. And sure, she has all the right motives, but her actions are all wrong. I mean, I want you to think about how out of place her actions are. She has lost a complete sense of decorum. She's not doing at all what she's supposed to be doing. The first thing is, is she sits when she should be serving. She is sitting when she's supposed to be serving. Now, I know it, it, it really recoils those of us, myself included, in our 21st century egalitarian world. We would say, well, there are plenty of fellas there. They could get up and, and roast the lamb's leg, surely, right? But not in her world. That's forcing upon the first century world 21st century sensibilities, and it's not fair. In her world, she's the one who's supposed to be up helping her sister make this meal to prepare it. If a family was too poor... To, pro to hire servants, as this family obviously was. Sorry, ladies, it was woman's work. And she was not doing what she was supposed to be doing. But that's not the only thing that she does. She gets up from her place, apparently, and goes to her, her secret place, that little stash she has, maybe a niche in the wall covered up by a brick, something like that, where she goes to her secret place and, and she pulls out the one item of value she has. She pulls out a pound of this ointment-like cream. It was, it was made out of a pure nard, and it was, it was a cream kind of like a, like a facial cream or, or you know, a kind of a pasty lotion, and, and it, it had this amazing aroma to it. She has about a pound of it. 
John says. Actually, probably about 12 ounces of it. But she has this, uh, this, this little jar of cream. And she gathers this pound of it, and she takes it into the other room. Now, now, Judas tells us how much this is worth, 300 denarii. But I don't think that a single one of you this morning brought even one denarius with you, did you? Uh, so we don't even know how much this is. One denarius was a day's wage for a, a, a regular worker in the first century. It was worth almost a year's salary. Well, I thought, well, how much would that be today? You know, salaries are so different. Should I compare, like, what? I thought maybe a migrant worker. What does a migrant worker look? And so I did some research on what migrant workers make in the U.S. Legal migrant workers make somewhere between fifteen dollars and $20,000 a year. And maybe you think to yourself, you know, that's not enough money to raise a family on. That's a, that's a kind of a difficult salary. Yeah, but what if Mary brought out... A little jar of facial cream worth $18,000. Now think about this one. Suppose you came home and your six-year-old daughter or niece or granddaughter had found her way into your medicine cabinet and found your $18,000 jar of facial cream. And she had taken this $18,000 jar of facial cream and she had put it all over her face. I mean, just all over her hands and face. And maybe she had her doll right there. And so she, she kind of covers her doll. And you know what happened in my house? The dog would come in too. And she would take whatever last little bit was left and she would put it all over the dog. And you walk in as she's lapping the last little bits of this $18,000 Pond's cold cream or whatever it is. And she's putting it all over herself and her doll and the dog. You would do one of two things, wouldn't you? And you know what they are. You would either laugh or you would cry. Because even while that may not be enough money for an annual salary, it'd be a whole lot of money to be throwing all over a child's face and a dog and a doll. And Mary brings out this very, very expensive cream, lotion, perfume, and she begins to put it on Jesus' feet. But as bad as that is, as, as amazing as it is, the, you know, the smell filling the room. I thought about bringing out incense today and making everybody cough and gag and let you think about it. But the, the scent just filled the room. Just, just penetrated every corner of it. It was, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the center of the room. It was right there in front of them. This smell just filling their nostrils. But it gets worse. Not only does Mary do these things that she shouldn't be doing, she takes this kerchief, like this handkerchief, like this veil that she wears over her head, like all the young women in Israel wear. She takes it off of her head, and all the men gasp when she does this. And then she gets even more provocative. She pulls the pins that were holding her hair up, and she lets her dark hair just fall down all over her shoulders. 21st century Americans cannot appreciate this. Because in Jesus' day, a woman's hair was so sacred and so to be hidden that, that men never almost would see, unless they're wives. There's a story, a rabbinical story about this rabbi who's, who talks about this woman who had seven sons. And her seven sons all got to serve as high priest. An unbelievable honor. And the mother was asked, how is it that your seven sons all got to serve as a high priest? Here was her answer, because the rafters of my home have never viewed a single hair on my head. And Mary drops her hair 
takes it out of her, her covering, takes it out, lets it fall down, and then, horror of horrors, begins to wipe the excess lotion off the feet of Jesus as if it were a common rag. And the men in the room, oh, they are horrified. I went to Seattle a few years ago. I had this, um, I had this, this task I was assigned to do in my doctoral program. Find a church, any church in the United States. Go visit it. We'll pay. We'll fly you there. We'll, we'll do everything you need. A car, hotel, all that sort of stuff. You find the church. Ask them if you can come and spend some time with them and study this church. And so I looked around. My first church was, of course, uh, New Hope Church in Oahu. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I turned in that one and it got turned down. I'm not kidding you. Uh, it was the first church. I thought, what church in Hawaii? I gotta find one. Uh, but then my second church, my second option was, okay, this has to be a real assignment. So I'm going to Seattle. So Abby and I fly to Seattle and we spent, uh, we spent several days there with the, the uh, Church of the Apostles. And while we're there, they have Mass on Saturday night. They don't even have a Sunday service. And, and so we, we met on Saturday night for, for worship and went to this, this church. And, and afterwards, some guys said, well, hey, why don't we uh, go down and get some drinks and something to eat and um, have a good time. And I said, well, yeah, it sounds great. I mean, it's in Seattle. I have nothing else to do. And, and so we walk about a five-minute walk down to this Greek restaurant. It was a lovely restaurant. had two stories. And up in the second story on the balcony where we sat, it had a glass retaining wall around it. And you could look right down into the lower-level dining area, which I noticed had a big dance floor in the middle. Now, I'm a bit daft. I don't catch on to things real quick. I didn't think to myself, I wonder why they have a dance floor. I just noticed it until this little Greek chef comes out. And he says something like, did you all enjoy the food? And everybody's, oh, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, people were cheering. And I'm thinking, well, this is interesting. And then he says, did you all come to see Zephyrah tonight? And I thought to myself, what is he talking about? I have no clue. No, I didn't come to see Zephyr. I came to, you know, get a bite to eat, you know. And, and all of a sudden the lights went down and the people started cheering and shouting. And, and this Mediterranean music started to play. And I thought to myself, where in the world am I? And what am I doing here, you know? I'm a priest in the middle of this. And, and all of a sudden, behind this curtain, out comes this woman, clad in veils, with little finger tambourines on her, and starting to do this belly dancing. And I was, you know, I, I did exactly that. I, I covered my mouth. Don't you know that woman danced her way all the way up the stairs right to our table? And I'm sitting right there. You, I mean, you to imagine this. You know, I'm, Abby, shelter me, please. You know, and, and there were some young guys. Thank goodness we had some young guys with us. Because they jumped up and thought it was great fun and started dancing with her. Which I, you know, just took the pressure off of me. Having a woman that close to me, doing this just made me a little bit uneasy. Yes. <laughs> I'm a married man. My wife is right here. Mary drops her hair in the middle of a room full of men and begins to wipe Jesus' feet with it. And everyone, every eye in that room is on her. Every mouth is covered. Everyone is gasping. I cannot believe this woman is doing what she's doing. It's indecent. It's, it's unheard of. Finally, someone says something that makes at least a little bit of sense. Judah speaks up and says, Why has this woman wasted this perfume? It's worth thousands of dollars. And everyone said, That's the least of our concerns, but you're absolutely right. Why did she waste this much money? 
Judas adds a sense of, 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 you know, a little bit of sensibility to this setting. Can you believe she did this? Mary, a lot of people are going to starve to death and you are to blame for that. And everyone says, yes, yes, yes. John adds some parenthetic statements. You'll read them. Hey, Judas was a thief. He didn't really care about the poor. But that was after the fact. At the time it happened, everyone probably felt relieved because Judas spoke up. But Mary's not the only fool in the room, is she? Mary's not the only fool. What about this character, Jesus, who says nothing to stop her? He doesn't stop her at all, does he? He doesn't pull his feet back underneath the cushion. You you couldn't see it, but I pulled my feet back. He, he He doesn't move out of the way. He doesn't say, you silly girl, get away from me. In fact, quite the opposite. What does he say? It's right there. You saw it. It's in the text. Leave her alone. In Luke's gospel, he says, Mary has chosen well, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus is saying, Mary's worship is authentic. Her discipleship is true. She doesn't care that you all think bad of her. She is giving me everything that she has. She is pouring her whole life and resources and even the most precious, most valuable thing she owns, she gives to me to cover my feet with. Imagine, probably happened even this week. You're out walking through the park. You've got your dog on a leash. If it's anything like my dog, she's pulling you down the line, you know. And, and, and you're settled down, crazy dog. And you're trying to control her. And you come upon a pair of young lovers. Maybe they're holding hands and you smile. Or, or maybe they're talking to one another and giggling back and forth and you smile. Or heaven forbid, they're kissing. And you cover up your dog's eyes like I would, you know. Lucy, you don't need to see this. And you walk by him and you say something kind of snarky like, get a room. And you, you, you continue on down your path. Why is it that they never noticed you, but you noticed them? Well, you know why, don't you? They're so in love with each other, so caught up in one another, that they didn't notice anyone else around them. They, maybe they weren't taught decorum, or maybe they just kind of threw caution to the wind. And because they were so in love with one another, so captivated by one another, all they could do was focus on one another. That's the way it is when you're in love. You spend all of your time and energy and resources giving it to the one you really love. Just like Mary did. Amen.